You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these half-hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, my 90th episode, we're going to speak to a good friend and industry colleague, Jeremy Pirati, co-founder and CEO of Sincero Health. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you, Justin. Glad to be here. Great to. Uh, I came across Sensoro and you uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, at the Hims Conference. We were actually uh, put across uh, the table from each other at a dinner that Howard Bird, a good friend of both of ours, um, puts together every single year. He uh, he does this elaborate um, and illustrious, I should say, uh, dinner on a <laughs> Sunday before Hims, where he brings together uh, innovators and just entrepreneurs and investors and just a great uh, suite of people. Uh, and, uh, and I was fortunate enough to meet you. So how did you get to know Howard? I got to know Howard. I was uh, one of my business partners, one of my co-founders, had been to his uh, Venture Plus forum at a previous HIMSS. And I called Howard uh, to talk about potentially getting some legal services from him mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago. And then a few weeks after that, he called me and he said, you, you, should, really, you should really register for this Venture Plus forum and, um, and have Sansoro compete. Mm. And I said, I said to Howard, I don't think we meet the criteria after he sent me the information. He said, no, 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 you meet the criteria. Don't worry. And so we, uh, it, we had about two weeks before the before the the Venture Plus Forum, and we pulled together our materials, and we ended up winning it, which was yeah. unexpected to say the least. Yep. No, you did a great job. Um, I saw the presentation, and then uh, I actually had you on my radio show uh, after uh, after you won. So uh, to give your acceptance speech <laughs> per se. That, that's right. We had to, we had to run like we had to run like crazy to yeah. get from the to get from the the conference room all down to the hymns floor. But yep. that was fun. That's I hope awesome. I wasn't panting too much. No, no, no. Sorry. You're uh, you're great. Um, it was a great uh, it was a great episode. So tell us a little bit about. Uh, we'll dive into Sansoro here in a moment, but tell us a little bit about you um, as an entrepreneur. But also, where were you born, raised, and at college, and all that good stuff? Sure, I, I was born in Washington D.C. Actually, lived there for the first nine years of my life, then uh, moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, with my mom and stepdad and uh, went to middle school and high school in Madison. Mm. Ended up going back to uh, back east for college, graduated from Brown University, went to Washington, D.C. to work uh, on Capitol Hill, worked in the uh, personal office of a United States senator from Wisconsin, ended up working on healthcare policy, and I thought healthcare seemed pretty interesting. And so went on from that into getting a Master of Healthcare Administration in Minnesota, I promised my new bride that we would only be in Minnesota for two years. That was that was 1996, and we're still here. Wow! I did not realize that you had a health policy background. That's that's terrific, fascinating. I mean, that's obviously my it was my world, and still is for for almost the last 15 years. So yeah, I had I had 
no business doing what I was doing because I was 22 years old and sitting in the majority leader's conference yeah. room listening to these grizzled veterans talk about what was possible and not possible in terms of financing reform. Yeah, no, that's um, that's a lot of Capitol Hill. I mean, that's it's a, it's a younger it's a younger crowd in a lot of ways. A lot of the health LAs and just LAs in general um, tend to be uh, younger, but they're brilliant and they're very smart, very hardworking, um, and just make it happen and make you know Congress tick. So I have a strong. You are you are right. The, the only way to learn anything more uh, and more quickly is to uh, start a company. Yep, <laughs> so true. So true. So start about uh, talking about starting a company. How did you come to uh, helping form Sensorial Health? Well, I was, I had gotten to meet another one of my co-founders, Dave Levin, uh, when we both worked on a big EMR implementation project in Florida um, as consultants. And uh, Dave, uh, Dave, a few few years later, was the chief medical information officer at the Cleveland Clinic, and he called me and he said, "Hey, I met a couple of guys who have this really interesting idea." And he described the basis of Sansoro, which is a, a middleware platform that would provide real-time web services connectivity uh, between third-party applications and the major electronic medical record platforms. Uh, the idea being, if we're going to innovate, we need free exchange of data in a secure manner, the way the rest of the digital economy works, the way online banking and retail and logistics works. And I told them I thought we could fundamentally change health IT if we could pull this off. So we started meeting, uh, and over the course of uh, several months, pulled the company together and launched it toward the end of the summer of 2014. That's excellent. That's um that's a, a unique story, but certainly um, that's how a lot of companies just get formed. I mean, it's you, you make great people, you realize uh, you know you can make a difference and you can solve problems. So let's dive in a little bit because um, obviously I've had the pleasure to get to know you uh, and your product. I understand you know your position in the market and very excited about it. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show today. But for my audience, uh, tell us what problem specifically are you solving? Well, we solve a problem from two angles. So. From the angle of the of the providers, the health systems, we help providers eliminate the friction of integrating innovative new applications into their ecosystems. We we know that providers have invested millions, hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions of dollars in total mm -hmm. uh, into the into building a digital infrastructure. But that digital infrastructure requires an enormous amount of labor in order to share data from one health IT application to another. And so what our, what our emissary application does is it makes it, it, makes it easy for a developer of a, of a third-party application, whether it's a mobile application for physicians or whether it's a, an application that provides real-time analytics and and clinical decision support, or whether it's an innovative patient portal, it allows them to quickly and easily integrate into the core electronic medical record platforms that health systems use, that all health systems use these days, whether it's Cerner or Meditech or Epic or Allscripts. We provide a, a universal command language that developers can write to so that they don't have to write and connect one way to Epic and a different way to Cerner and a third way to Meditech. They just use our universal command language. Emissary translates into the format and 
transport protocols that are necessary uh, for each one of those different EMRs. So, and I love it. So, but there's a lot of there's obviously a crowded space. There's a lot of people attacking this problem. Different perspectives, different technologies, different innovations. But what really differentiates Sensoral Health from the rest of the industry and your competitors? Yeah, we've taken a technology approach that is unique in that we're not copying any data from the EMR. So when, when by the way we enable the free exchange of data mm -hmm. is the data from and writing data to the production transactional database that users of the EMR are interacting with when they use the front-end applications of the EMR itself. So that presents a bunch of advantages. It means that you don't have an extra security target um, uh, because you, don't, you haven't created a whole copy of every patient's record. Uh, it means that you never have any latency issues because you're not dealing with a copy of data that may become out of sync. Um, and uh, and it, means that, it means that as a, as a developer, you always know you've got data integrity because you're always interacting with the source system. For a, for a provider, what it means, most importantly, it means I can, as a CIO or CMIO, I can get into the hands of my users, my physicians, my office staff, my back office staff, my nurses, I can get into their hands much more quickly the technology they need to do their jobs more efficiently so that ultimately we can all accomplish what we're after here, which is higher quality care at lower cost. So who are some of your customers then? And I, and I get it. So tell me, like, who would be an average customer? You can give us the name of a couple of your customers. Um, but then also who would be future customers that you would look for that would be just a good fit from what you know needs to happen in their health system or their large practice and so forth? Yeah. So we have two different licensing models. We have health systems that license our software on an enterprise basis so that it creates this layer uh, over their EMR that makes it e easy for them uh, and practical for them to connect uh, other applications. And so, for example, one of our customers is Tampa General Hospital uh, in the heart of Tampa, Florida. Uh, in fact, we gave a presentation with the CMIO from Tampa General at HIMSS. It was an official HIMSS presentation and was standing room only. We were pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, and what Tampa General did was they had another EMR that they had to make visible within their primary EMR. And so rather than go through a complicated and expensive data conversion, they used our, they use our software to be a bridge. So a user is working in their primary EMR, which happens to be Epic, clicks a button, and the main part of that Epic screen dissolves and up comes an external third-party web application. That web application uses our software to reach into the other EMR and bring back that patient's chart. So for the physician working with that patient in the office who wants to see all of that patient's medical history, and information, it's great because she doesn't have to log out of Epic, log into another application, search for that patient, pull that patient's information up, compare back and forth. All she has to do now is click one button and that patient's information from the other EMR is visible right there, including 10 years of scanned images wow. from the other EMR. 
which is almost unheard of. So we're that's a really exciting use case. Um, we have a couple of other health systems that are that are, have deployed or are, or are in the middle of deploying a similar solution. Having two EMRs in one or three or four EMRs in one is is a, is exciting to a lot of people, and mm -hmm. it seems so simple because. Uh, because it's not like it's a complicated workflow, but if you're a physician and you've got a patient in your office and your 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 workflow would otherwise be, I have to call the HIM department and ask them to print out or fax up to me other records, or I have to log into a different EMR and go find that patient. If you're a primary care physician or a specialist, those minutes matter. So this improves productivity and leads to better outcomes because they've got all the information they need at their fingertips. So there's, that's an example, um, and then Tampa General is also using our, our software to integrate other third-party software where otherwise data exchange just wasn't feasible. It wouldn't be economical. Now they just tell those vendors, hey, we've got an API layer. Code your software to our API layer, and now you can get the real-time uh, medication orders that you're looking for, or you can, you can engage in real-time message exchange with users within our EMR. So it's exciting. So tell me, what about um, a couple other, give us one more uh, deployment in a different health system or with a vendor, because I think also you can work directly with EHR vendors, right, EHR companies? Um, we generally work directly with not the EHR vendors themselves, but with the other innovative uh, health IT companies okay. that otherwise would have to go through a six to nine month process of creating new HL7 interfaces, creating new batch extracts. So. Um, another example is that we work very closely with a clinical analytics and surveillance, clinical surveillance vendor, right. uh, and uh, so they do great stuff. They provide dashboards to clinical staff that provide advanced warning of patients who are coming down with sepsis. They provide dashboards to infection control units that provide a map uh, and overview of use of antibiotics. and that provide advance warning of when infection is spreading and, and allow them to intervene earlier than, they other, other, earlier than they otherwise would in the hospital. Of course, doing all of that requires a constant stream of data from the EMR, and their typical practice had been six to nine months, sometimes 12 months worth of interface building. Now, they go into a health system customer um, and, uh, for example, they've got a couple of customers on Cerner that are already using our software. They go into that health system customer, they drop in our software, they've already coded their analytics application to our software, and so instead of six to nine months, that hospital is up and running with their, with their users getting better analytics and decision support information in a month. So everybody wins. Yeah. The, the the clinical analytics vendor wins because they install faster at lower cost. Because they're using the software that's delivering better outcomes, and the patients win obviously because they get better care. Yep. No, excellent. And for those just tuning in, we're speaking with Jeremy Pirati, CEO of Sensoro Health. So, give us a couple of examples of the information, the medical information that's being shared. Here. Yeah. Sure. We. Uh, to take another uh, another vendor customer of ours, uh, we've got a we've got a customer that is uh, pretty well known that has a great mobile application. Um, it integrates both waveform data from uh, from uh, EKGs and ECGs and fetal heart monitors 
um, along with data from the electronic medical record. So they source the waveform data directly from the vendor, from the from the device vendor, and they source the EMR data through our software, Emissary. So what they're able to provide to the physician, no matter where that physician is, on her tablet or smartphone, they're able to provide labs and medication orders and medication administration history and allergies. So as the physician is looking at the waveform or just looking to get a summary of, hey, what's the update on this patient? The, the patient was admitted yesterday. I want to see how things are going. Uh, all of the clinical information from the EMR is available right there on the tablet in a really elegant user interface. So that's we can source almost any clinical information right from the EMR, and we're starting to source some uh, revenue cycle information also, schedule awesome. information, that kind of thing. Awesome. That's you know, I get into another sides of more sides of my world. Um, so, <laughs> so talk a little bit about you mentioned Epic, you mentioned Cerner, heard Meditech. Who are some of the companies? Because I guess the big thing, me coming, you know, I've, I've worked for almost all of them at this point. I feel, but. Uh, you know, I try to, you know, you want interoperability between Greenway and Epic. You want interoperability between Athena and Greenway in some communities. You want Cerner and Meditech in some communities, you know, and, and McKesson and, and Siemens in some communities, or now it's Cerner. So how does that work, and how could that work with you guys, and how long would it take to spin something like that up? Yeah, so we right now, uh, we started with the with building support for the, the largest of the acute care EMR vendors, mm -hmm. and then one of our, so that was, Cerner, Epic, Meditech, and then one of our customers asked us to build support for Allscripts Touchworks, so mm -hmm. we've done that. Um, we're looking at, uh, now we're looking at and beginning to plan to build connectivity to some of the other acute care EMR um, systems, and uh, we're also looking at some of the largest cloud-based EMR platforms, such as Athena Health and Greenway, and I think we'll have, uh, we'll be getting started on that in, in very short order. But, um, what we are able to do is because we can tap into the medical record discreetly and not just by sourcing the CCD, but hey, if you only want lab results from two years ago to a year ago for a particular patient, you can just get those. Or if you want lab results of just a particular test type over the last 10 years, you can get those because essentially we provide a flexible query language that's standardized across all, across all of the EMRs. So it makes it a much more efficient way of exchanging data. When you can be efficient about grabbing what you need, there's better security. Yeah, so perfect. You're, you're a great lead-in guy because now my next thing is my security. So obviously, kind of <laughs> on the top three topics in, in healthcare right now is data security. So how do you guys provide the security for the data that's being transmitted and that you're housing? And, and I heard you're actually not housing certain types of data. So tell me how that all works. Yeah, that's right. So the first thing we do is we don't create copies of the data when it's not needed. So we we always source it real time from the EMR itself. Uh, secondly, we every time uh, every time a request for data is made, it carries credentials that are validated by the EMR itself. So if those credentials aren't valid, if that user account is suspended, then there's no way to get the data or to put the data into the EMR. Um, and then we have encryption at both ends to make sure that the data is always encrypted in transit and because it's never at rest really within our application, um, there's no encryption needed because there's no database. Uh, finally, we provide an audit trail, uh, an audit log, and uh, our customers typically get that audit log in a format where they can ingest it right into their 
security surveillance systems so that they know exactly what user activity is going through our, uh, our connection software. And uh, it, means, it means that nobody has a way around, uh, nobody can use our software to get around any security uh, policies or procedures uh, in the provider. So we've paid a lot of attention to it. Cool. One of my first jobs was working as a, a HIPAA program director for <laughs> a big health system in Minnesota. So I'm, I'm acutely aware of the need for strong security measures. Yeah. No, it, it sounds excellent. So let's take a step back now and pivot a little bit. You've had some big news lately. Um, I think you got you took on an investment. So tell me, um, how did that? You know, who would you partner with, and uh, whatever you can announce publicly, and then also, what's your future strategy around some of your investment and fundraising? Yeah, sure. Uh, we we couldn't be happier. Uh, we we uh, announced last week that Bain Capital Ventures. Um, had led our Series A, and um, uh, Yuman Choi is the managing director at, at Bank Capital Ventures, who focuses on healthcare. Um, and uh, it was a fairly quick process for us. We started our Series A raise um, in early January, and we actually uh, closed it, it uh, on March 31. So that's great. And um, uh, right now, our focus is on building the company, uh, using the funding to strengthen our product development, to strengthen our go-to-market team, both on the sales team and the marketing team. Um, and that's going to be our primary focus. Uh, we've got great technology, mm -hmm. but I'm old enough to remember that VHS beat Betamax, even though Betamax was seen as the better video recorder technology. So we know that having, uh, having a great, uh, great uh, go-to-market strategy is critical. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I completely agree. You're very wise. So talking about wise sage advice, because you have been around for a little while, um, and you've you've been through, you know, you fought the fires and you you've, you've emerged through the fire. So what advice, um, you know, would you give to other CEOs and senior executives? You know, you've been building Sensor Health now for a couple of years, but what advice would you uh, would you give to some other people that listen to this phone? Because a lot of this this uh, show, because a lot of people, certainly entrepreneurs, listen to this show as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so first of all, I've been so fortunate to get advice from anybody I've asked it from, uh, you included, Justin. So, uh, so I think what's great about the health IT uh, uh, innovator community is that is that co-founders and successful uh, entrepreneurs are more than happy to to share their experiences and wisdom with each other. So, if you're starting a company, know that you're not alone. Um, I'm always happy to share my experiences with others, um, and I certainly have benefited um, greatly from those who those who uh, made progress before me. Uh, secondly, uh, we frequently talk about being a mission-driven company. That some would, some asked, have asked us, well, would you sell Sensoro to a company that was looking primarily to shut you down uh, to protect their own economic model? And our answer was, it was, is, and always will be absolutely not. Um, our goal is to improve care and reduce the cost of delivering that care um, by enabling innovation. And we talk about that with our team members every day. So being mission-driven helps you, helps you stay focused. Um, and I guess thirdly, my, my advice would be if you're looking to raise outside capital, understand that your investors want to make sure that you're creating a product or service that has uh, some price protection where, where they can be assured that there won't, it won't become commoditized. And so as you're thinking about your market strategy and your product strategy, think that through because investors 
for obvious reasons, don't want to don't want to invest in new companies or products that will uh, quickly be copied by others, uh, and therefore pricing will be uh, significantly compromised. Wow! Now you hit some really big points, my friend. That that's a you know excellent salient points and, and sage advice. Uh, you hit all the a lot of the things that we did at Greenway. You know that was my last big venture, and that was uh, we were certainly a mission-driven company, uh, and we sought advice and wisdom from everybody that we could. And we certainly had really strong IP, and we had a great attorney there. Um, we actually worked with Howard Bird as well uh, when he was with Mike <laughs> Rome, but also our in-house counsel, uh, Bill Esslinger, was a great uh, a great lawyer. And just we we filed a lot of IP and IP protections, and we kept it you know. Uh, a uh, very strong IP portfolio for that exact reason. Um, it, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. great advice. So in our closing um, 45 seconds or so, I always ask this of, uh, of my guests and guests, and now it's actually its own segment. Uh, my radio station has, has <laughs> moshed all these together, but what is your favorite place to get or be inspired? I love playing the violin. I've played since I was nine, and uh, so when I have uh, when I have free moments or when I'm smart enough to carve out time, um, I take out my violin and I find playing playing the instrument uh, inspiring. and And I go to a lot of concerts because to me, sitting in a whether it's a big concert hall or a small chamber music hall and listening to to great music, whether it's from the old masters or whether it's uh, contemporary compositions, it uh, it helps me relax and think about the bigger picture and um, and refocus. No, that's uh, that's terrific, and I can actually hear. I can tell it brings a calm demeanor across uh, across you, and uh, and I can hear it in your voice. So um, obviously, it uh, it works very yeah, well. Smile on my smile on my face too. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. So Jeremy Pirati, CEO and co-founder of Sensoro Health. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining the show. Uh, it's always a, a pleasure to talk to you and be able to collaborate with you, my friend. Thank you, Justin. Really appreciate the time. You got it. And thank you to everyone for listening. And thank you uh, again. Uh, join us uh, two, uh, weekdays, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor. You can use the hashtag ThisJustin so we can respond to your comments from the show. Uh, in addition, all my con comments and um, material and content we post at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone, and have a terrific week. <laughs>